0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: listening to scott wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth you call these bagels it's bagels and bad beats with scott wetzel
2: Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Our toll-free telephone number, as always, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. Follow me on Twitter. Send a tweet. It is at opposite picks. Email me. Go to the website, oppositepicks.com. Hit the contact, Scott icon, and fire away. Our poll question is up. <clears throat> First up from yesterday. Uh, yesterday's poll question, biggest winner the night before, uh, the winner of that question was uh, president Trump 31%. Uh, who cares getting 26% as a, who cares is the throne from the championship. Uh, Tampa Bay Yankees, white Sox Houston Astros winners getting 23% of the vote. And then Joe Biden <clears throat> coming up with 20% of the vote. Again, that was from yesterday. Always like to, uh, recap that. And then as far as our poll question for today, and that is basically the same thing as far as the questions is concerned. You know, who was the big big winner last night? And you had a couple of things, obviously, the Stankys, the Dodgers winning, uh, the Lakers winning, and then uh, other, and get your other vote in there. And then we'll update that a couple of times uh, throughout the program. So uh, I, I'm i still surprised. I I really am with this baseball thing. Uh, we'll get back to the NBA here in a second. But I, I just don't get I You know, like I said, very few things stunned me in case you missed it, but There's no baseball, regardless of what happened. Even if you get every nationally team that lost yesterday to win today, they're playing the decisive games in that series Friday, which means there's no game Saturday, no game Sunday, either league. Then you're going to get the Stanks in Tampa Bay Monday, and then the Astros and the winner of the White Sox and Oakland series Monday as well. I I, never heard of a sport shutting down over the weekend. I, I, I'm, I'm dumbfounded. You know, you want to shut down Monday, you want to shut down Tuesday. Okay. But sports and weekends are, you know, they're made for each other. What with what, this Gary Batman run major league baseball all of a sudden? I mean, it's the dumbest thing in the world. I'd I i, I I'd like to know the logic. I really would. Um, It doesn't take that long, long. to travel from one city to the next. Just don't. All right. Vegas, the bad beats sport coming up on this Thursday morning with Scott left.
1: Mustard, this shadow is gonna make it any easier. That was a very defensive swing. And the Braves have won it.
2: Who else but Freddie Freeman to deliver the walk-off
1: blow? On the ground,
2: this will do it, and the Rays win it. They advance. To the Division
0: Series. They sweep
2: the Toronto Blue Jays. They win. Eagles and Bad Beats, Sunday, Thursday morning. 13 minutes past the hour. Scott Wetzel taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, ESPN with the calls there. As uh, the Braves do win, and so does Tampa Bay. As uh, we get a little baseball playoff going on, we got NBA, we got some NFL stuff, and college football, which is really, uh, you know, taking a backseat here for a couple of days. But I must say, some disturbing news coming out of college football yesterday. First up, let me update my poll question. Uh, A simple one today. Uh, Best performance yesterday was, and uh, Lakers winning it uh, by 46% of the votes. Stanky's win 30%. Other 16%. 16% and then the Dodgers win last night, uh getting a mere seven percent. Go to uh opposite picks on your Twitter feed, uh get your vote in, and uh we'll update that a couple of more times. Brendan Bowen uh tweeted in uh Brave strikeout 21 times, Scott, and they win the game. Yeah. <laughs> How crazy is that? Where well, they combined for 32 37 strikeouts in the game, uh and, and they had 21 of them and they actually win the game. Who would have thunk that, right? I mean, unbelievable. So um, just a horrible performance uh, last night by uh, the uh, Miami Heat as they uh, trailed, you know, basically the entire game. Uh, First six minutes in, they were actually up 13, leading it 23 to 10. We pointed this out, hour number one. Lakers uh, ripped off 13 straight points, and that really, for all intents and purposes, was it for Miami. Lakers actually led after the first quarter, despite being down 13. They were up 17 at the half. It was a 20-25 to 25 point game, basically the entire second half. Lakers went on a 55-25, 30-point swing run. Uh, they went on an 81-40 run. I mean, they made 11 threes in the first half. They couldn't miss. Miami couldn't get the broadside of the barn. They out-rebounded the Heat 54-36 you know, the Heat lose a couple of players to injuries, including uh, Goran Dragic, who might not be able to play in the series again with a foot injury. I mean, you couldn't have painted a worse picture. Now, I know, you know, and the guys are pointing out last night, and I remember the series, you know, Lakers got drilled by the Celtics in game one of a series in which they actually came back and, and won. So I know stuff like this happens. It's the NBA. It's no big deal. But, not when you're as big an underdog as Miami is in this series. You know, the Lakers team, I forget who was favored in that series, but, you know, it was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, so it had to be close to pick them regardless who actually may have been uh, actually favored. but that's not the case here. You know, the Lakers are an over 3-1 to one favorite in this series. You win by a mere 18 when easily it could have been 28. That's got to be tough to rebound from. It really does. I mean, nothing, absolutely nothing went right for Miami last night. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's better. It's the proverbial sports question that there is no true answer to, I don't think. But would you rather lose like they did last night or would you rather lose on a, on a last second shot? I mean, personally, I would rather lose like they did last night, just basically be out of the game. I could sell that to my guys. Not that I couldn't sell a close loss saying, "Hey, listen, we played them great toe to toe. Uh, bad bounce here, bad bounce there. Otherwise, we win the game." I mean, I think you can sell that. But I also think you could sell the Miami Heat players, "Listen, we we played like crap. We, you know, we may or may not be better than the Lakers, but we're sure as hell better than what we showed tonight." So, if you don't uh, you know, grab yourself up by the bootstraps after getting embarrassed after that performance, then nothing will make you do that. So, I, they had, you know, Spolstra has some sellable points. From last night's loss, for sure. But the bottom line is, for me, I thought the Lakers were going to dominate the series anyway. And then when you see what happened last night, you just—I don't know how you get any hope if you're a Miami Heat fan. You know, I I think you could be uh, tell yourself, you know what? It was a nice little run. You know, the regular season was was a joke. Uh, You know, we all dealt with the virus and everything else, but uh, we put it all together. We swept Indiana. Uh, which was basically a pick series. You know, we were heavy dogs against Milwaukee. We win that in five. Uh, we were heavy uh, dogs, or at least slight dogs anyway, against Boston. And we win that in six. And, and we get to face, uh, you know, LeBron and the Lakers in the NBA Finals with a, you know, I, I wouldn't say a young team, but a, a decent mixed team, but no one outside of Andrea Iguodala that you really have to worry about losing or is getting a little bit older. You know, Butler's not that old, and and obviously Tyler Hero is young and Adebayo is young, and th- these guys for the most part should be getting better next year, but as I said yesterday, you know, you find out how much of a fluke this really is when you check out the odds with the boys in Vegas, or you ask 10 basketball fans, and you do say you think Miami's going to repeat as far as getting to the NBA Finals next year? I think 8 would probably say no. So, uh, the opportunity is there, but you know, after what we saw last night, getting out rebounded by 18, 54, 36. And in the Lakers, you know, they didn't even shoot particularly well, 45%. I mean, it's not like they shot 60% lights out. I mean, they they won by uh, as easy as an easy game can be, and they still didn't even shoot 50%. AD gets 34, LeBron 25, 13 rebounds, nine assists. I mean, it was just, it was embarrassing. It, it really was. So. Lakers win at one sixteen ninety eight. Now, this is a pet peeve. You know, ULLs, loyal listeners, no. I always bring this up, you know, win, lose, or draw, because I don't want to, you know, be called a, uh, not really a homer, but I, I don't want to just bring it up under the wrong circumstances. I want to bring it up all the time to show you it's wrong all the time. Last night, Frank Vogel, you know, he played uh, Dumbo. Second quarter. Lakers on a roll. Remember, they were down 13. Got the game changed. They're up 12. They're on a bit of a roll. You want to keep the flow going here. Danny Green gets called for a blocking call. And, uh, you know, it it was close. He was uh, kind of bumped into by Jimmy Butler. I I think it was Butler. And then Butler ran into him a second time and and the foul was called on Danny Green. Took a chop to the face. Put a bloody lip. Nothing major, but Blocking foul on Danny Green, right? You see it a thousand times in a game. Uh, Green whines and moans. And what does uh, Frank Vogel, head coach of the Lakers, do? Second, qu- second quarter team in control. He challenges. They take five minutes, naturally. You know, every challenge nowadays has got to be five, ten minutes. I mean, it's just a complete waste of time. They challenge. He does win the challenge, but. They count the basket. They don't call a foul against Danny Green, but they also don't call a foul against Jimmy Butler. So the bottom line is L.A. wastes its only challenge, which is, again, the key. You don't get two. You don't get three. You don't get four. You don't get an extra one if you get it right. All you do is get your timeout back, which is uh, silly because you're, you're risking a timeout. So what? did the lakers accomplish by challenging a danny green foul in the second quarter nothing except danny green having one less foul i mean what a goof they counted the bucket they gave the lakers the ball like they would have gotten anyway and uh, maybe they saved one free throw I mean, it would have been a, you know a free throw for uh uh for uh, butler i mean but regardless it's the second quarter you know, in a game that you think is going to be close and you'd like to be able to <clears throat> no doubt have that bullet, you know, that you could use in the fourth quarter. I I, I don't understand it. And it's not even LeBron or AD. It's Danny Stinking Green. I mean, you know, Danny Green, you took one in the face. Sorry, brother, but uh, too bad. You know what? I'm not going to waste our, our only challenge on a second quarter challenge to no offense to you. I'm going to hold on to it in the fourth quarter when there's two, three, four, four minutes left when we know these officials, they, they're all lousy. You know, they all make mistakes. I'm going to have to use that then, not now in the second quarter. I I don't get it. I I really, I I just don't understand why these coaches continue game after game after game after game using their only challenges in the first half. It makes zero sense, but they all do. No, then they they scratch their head and they wonder why they don't uh, have any challenges left in the fourth quarter and the announcers failed to bring it up. It's just awful strategy in real life. Bagels and bad beats on a Tuesday morning. We're coming up with the juicy stuff.
1: Defensive swing. And the Braves have won it. Who else but Freddie Freeman to deliver the walk off blow?
2: Boy, it didn't come easily. The only run of the game. In the bottom half of the 13th, almost four hours, at, almost five hours after this one began. Bagels and Bad Beats on a Thursday morning, 26 minutes past the hour. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up as we always do Monday through Friday on your great affiliate in which you're listening to us right now. Until 7 a.m. Eastern Time, ESPN with the call there. You know, one of the things we're discussing is Major League Baseball. We get back to the postseason with the NBA playoffs as well. Uh, But Major League Baseball having no games over the weekend. And, you know, my producer put up a couple of scenarios. And a good job by him. But I'm going to debunk every one of them because... I'm going to, you know, know, it's as simple as that. That's what I do here. But there's no baseball game Saturday. There's no baseball game Sunday. The first baseball game after we finish up these uh, play-in games or whatever you want to call them, best of three, is is Monday between the Stanks and Tampa Bay and then the Astros and then the winner of the White Sox-Oakland series, which wraps up today. Now, today is Thursday, as we know. So we, we played the game. And uh, let's just give worst case scenario. Well, let's just say all the National League teams that lost yesterday win today and they got to play on Friday. OK, but the American League series are going to be over today because it already is with the, these thanks and Tampa Bay, both winning last night. And then the White Sox won best of three. That's going to finish up later on today. So the American League is going to have off Friday, off Saturday, off Sunday and not play until Monday. And my question is, why? National League, even if they go the full three and they have to play tomorrow, that still means they're off Saturday and they're off Sunday and they're off Monday because the National League doesn't start its divisional play until Tuesday. So I I just thought the whole premise of this postseason and one of the gimmicks was it's one game after another, there are no days off. So you got to have really four or five starters because you got to use every single one. And yet now, not only do we have a day off, not only do we have two days off, not only do we have three days off, we actually have four days off. I mean, It doesn't make what happened to the no days off. So my producer says, well, they don't want to compete with the NFL on Sunday. Well, on, on the surface, OK, I understand that. However, there's Monday Night Football. And in this week, uh, you may have two Monday Night Football games, the way it appears, with Houston and Pittsburgh getting postponed until Monday. So, But even if you had just the one, you're competing against Monday Night Football, so you're not going to have Stanks in Tampa Bay on a Monday afternoon at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I'll tell you that. You're playing Monday night, so you're competing with Monday Night Football, so why not compete with Sunday Night Football or Sunday Afternoon Football? What about Saturday? Says so you did not want to compete with college football on Saturday. Well, listen. If Major League Baseball's playoffs are afraid to compete against LSU versus Bandy, then Major League Baseball's in a whole heck of a lot more trouble than we're thinking. There's no great college football games these first few weeks. These are basically tune-up games. You got a halfway decent game, Georgia and Auburn. But otherwise, these are no-nothing games. And Major League Baseball should not you know, change its entire schedule because they're afraid of a Saturday afternoon college football game. And they played playoff games in uh, September, October before, on Saturdays, uh, up against college football. So I don't know why this year should be any different. So strike that off the list. Um, TV scheduling. Now, that's not a bad idea. Scott, hey, what about these games? You know, it's the four-letter network. And we all know the four-letter network owns college football. So where are they going to broadcast these games? And they not want to compete against themselves, right? Well, on the surface, yes. Except ESPN's not televised the divisional games. TBS is. So unless uh, the TBS execs are uh, getting in the uh, same uh, rooms as the four-letter network execs and, and working out an agreement, there is no conflict of interest there. There is no competing against yourself. ESPN can have wall-to-wall college football as it does Saturday. Uh, the other networks can have all the football games on Sunday, CBS, Fox, NBC, whatever the case may be. TBS is doing these divisional games. It's either TBS or MLB network. So there is no TV scheduling conflict. The only thing he suggested that maybe makes a little bit of sense is, is COVID testing. You got to give these guys a, a day or two to get tested and make sure that the, they're okay uh, before they hop on a plane and go live in a bubble uh, as they will in these sites. Maybe that's it. But I got to tell you, you know, you can, my daughter went to school a couple of weeks ago and she got test results in 20 minutes. So, if my daughter at, at, at Dopey New Haven College can do it, I'm guessing Major League Baseball can do the same thing. I don't think they really need three, four days to find out if these guys have the COVID or not. So, and they should be being tested the whole time anyway. So, I, I don't, it, it makes no sense. J- just no sense. And like I said, the biggest thing for me is the whole time we were told no days off, no days off, no days off. That's what's going to make this postseason so special. And now they're getting four freaking days off. Man, I wish I had that kind of schedule. 844-843-6879. Hillbilly John in North Carolina joins us on Bagels and Bad Beats and LL from our podcast. What's up, Hillbilly John?
0: Scotty Wetzel. How's it going, brother?
2: Not bad. Not bad. How are you? Good to see you up uh, bright and early this uh, Thursday morning.
0: Yeah, this is one time you could say Hillbilly John from Tennessee because that's where I am this morning. But okay. How about them Braves, man? How about them Braves? Yeah, that
2: was a good win for them. That would have
0: been right. that, that's
2: a tough loss for Cincinnati because Cincinnati seemingly had more threats than the Braves had. So, good job by your Atlanta Braves for sure.
0: I tell you what, this might be the the little shot in the arm. Just uh, I think they're gonna go ahead and sweep them. I think they're gonna take that game today.
2: Well, listen, when you get a team down like they have uh, in, in the case of Cincinnati Hillbill, you, you don't you don't want to screw around. So, uh, absolutely. If you're a Braves guy, you got to be disappointed, a little disgusted. They had so many opportunities to win that game. They left a gazillion guys on base. So, yeah, you, you don't want to give them any life whatsoever. So, um, even though they have both these games, uh, two and three, theoretically, at their own ballpark, yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to give the Braves any kind of life at all. So uh, we'll see how your guy yeah. uh, Ian Anderson pitches today.
0: I figure any whoever lost a game like that yesterday, it's just going to let all the air out of their sails, you know. Yeah. Especially when that's you got to come back so early. To yeah, I mean, and,
2: and they got another noon start. That you know, they didn't do that uh, that series any justice, making those games start at noon Eastern Time. And that that's crazy. So. Um, it's a quick turnaround since it was a five-hour game. By the time I guess by the time they got out of the ballpark, it was probably close to seven o'clock, for goodness sakes, or at least six thirty anyway. Realistically, so yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah like Braves. I said, good job by your Braves for sure.
0: Babe's go. Braves gonna be running on one today.
2: Yeah, and I tell you, the other thing is, you know, you, you were in line to face the Cubs in the next round, and now with Miami leading that series to uh, one game to none. You know, who knows? Maybe Miami pulls off the upset, and now you got to face uh, the Miami Marlins versus the Chicago Cubs in the next round, which, you know, I know that's a bit of a rivalry between Atlanta and Miami, but I I would think you'd rather face the Marlins than you would Chicago.
0: Marlins always play Atlanta tough, Scott. Yeah, they do. I don't know. I don't know who I'd, I don't know who I'd rather see them play, but they do know Miami pretty good. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I would think yeah, I'd rather man. face the Marlins. So. Have a good one, Scott. All right, Hillbilly John, appreciate that. Uh, Andy in San Antonio, another LL from the podcast, checks in on a uh, thir- or, uh, yeah, Thursday morning. What's up, Andy? How are you, bud?
1: What's up, Scott? Man, it's nice to hear from Billy John so early in the morning. Good to hear yeah. from Hillbilly John. Yeah, we got to bring freaking back up few more
2: of the podcast guys over here. We got to wake their asses up in the morning. Uh, they got to be waking up a little bit oh, early in the morning.
1: That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm over here where I got the coffee brewing, the roosters crowing, wake up at 4.30 between 4 and 5. Come on, LLs, what's going on? Step the game up. <laughs> I know Dom
2: and East Rochester's got to be up. He's always bitching and complaining about, you know, talking live and stuff. So we got to get his butt up in the morning, especially with the stank he's doing so well. That
1: ain't so. no lie. Yeah. No, that ain't no lie. So how about my Astros yesterday? You know, look, you know, I, I first off, Nothing more. I love is that the Braves. I'm a I'm a Braves fan at heart. Grew up watching the Braves. Oh, you know only you know TBS. growing up as a kid, so I love the Braves. So I, nothing more in my heart than the, than the Braves. I told you the Braves going to beat the Reds yesterday. But how about my Astros? Set and close it out. You know the the twins stiff for us, ain't they? 18 straight now. I mean, yes. they're fried. And now I I can't wait. Now Chicago, Oakland, going forward to the next round. Who do we want to play? You know, there's a lot of guys. You no, know, oh, let's. I don't care. Let's play either one of them. You know, Oakland. You know, they had a heck of a year. They've been they've been good and stuff like that, leading the division. Nah, I don't care. Let's play either one of them. Only thing that's hindering the Astros this year is injuries. And once they got over their injuries and the bats come alive, gonna, they'll be all right. Now they're going to, of course, they're going to miss Joseph Verlander, but you know, naturally. But I think you know, I think they're going to do all right. You know. It was nice to see, man. I was just sat there listening to it on the radio. You know, of course, come on at noon, so it was nice to watch him win. Yeah,
2: they got to get Altuve off the oh, shine. That, that's what they they need his bat this postseason. You know.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you know that's a that's a big much. You know, of course, they can always depend on Springer and stuff like that. But yeah, Altuve he's been struggling, and he he can't continue to struggle if they're gonna if they're gonna make any kind of run. You know, you're exactly yeah. right.
2: He's he's the main guy. You know, like you said, to really go far, you can beat the Twins, but you're not going to beat the Yanks and some of these other teams unless you get the the full complement of all those guys, uh, you know, doing well. uh, Andy. All right, man. I appreciate the phone call. 844-843-6879. It's a dangerous Astros team just because of the experience they have. You know, the pitching is not like it was. I get all that stuff, but I don't think anyone wants to face you. Uh, I, I do not think so, but they got to get out of another 0 for 4 yesterday off the snide, That's for sure. All right, 36 past the hour. College football talk coming up next.
1: to back or, or going in the first round I mean, it's just remarkable
0: from the same school Jones throws on target to Devontae Smith he got wrestled down with the forward progress Jalen Walker. so dangerous in the open field very rarely see now Smith and that's another first down they are Freshman Rake Straw is on Waddle this time. <laughs> well protected again. Jones Waddles wow, gets behind the defenders for another touchdown.
2: Hey, ESPN with the call. A little college football stuff going on this week, and a little bit better schedule than what we had last week. And as, as we progress further and further into the year, we're going to get better and better games. Uh, you know, this this week, the probably the headliner is uh, Georgia versus Auburn. Didn't really have a headliner last week or even two weeks ago. But at least we're kind of inching towards uh, some of these better matchups. And then once the Big Ten gets underway and in the Pac-12, then it'll be even easier to find a game that's worth uh, watching. But update or poll question. Best performance yesterday. Lakers with 51% of the vote. Stanky's 31%. Uh, other 14 and the uh, Dodgers win getting a mere 5% of the vote. We'll update that one more time. Go to your opposite picks feed at opposite picks and get your vote in. And again, we'll update that uh, one more Uh, as far as the college football is concerned. Boy, we got some disturbing news yesterday. Don't know if you saw this story or not, but I am very disappointed. I I really am. I thought actually, uh, you know, Mr. Pina was going to bring this up, but, we all kind of thought, and I won't speak for everyone, but I thought anyway that college football, with the crazy year that we have, and with the Big Ten joining us in October, and the Pac 12 joining us in November, for goodness sakes, that they might be willing to expand the postseason, the college football playoff. We have four teams, and I figured, you know what? You know, it's going to be tough. It is a two loss SEC team. Uh, better than a undefeated or one-loss Big Ten team or even Pac-12 team, which is only going to play seven or eight games, depending on the virus and the scheduling. You know, whereas the other conferences are going to be playing eight, nine, ten. I mean, that's going to be very tough to figure out who are the best four teams when you have teams playing different number of games in the competition. Obviously, no non-conference games for these, uh, you know, major conferences. So, you know, I thought maybe, just maybe. They would say, you know what, for one year, why don't we expand it from four playoff teams to eight playoff teams? That was the kind of thinking in everyone's background, at least mine. But yesterday, apparently, Pac 12 Commissioner Larry Scott brought that up in a meeting with the big wigs. And unfortunately, the big wigs said thanks, but no thanks, that they will not expand the playoff this year from four to eight. They had a meeting with the college football playoff management committee. Don't know who that is, but I get a strong feeling it's filled with a bunch of four-letter network executives since they are the ones that are televising the uh, college football playoff year number seven of their 12-year contract, and they would have to come up with more money for the four other teams, but you know what? You expand it from four to eight. I don't think they'd have any issue coming up with more money, and in reality, You know, if that's their excuse, it's pretty pathetic because they, for the most part, foot the bill for all these meaningless college bowl games that no one gives a rat's behind. You know, the Tangerine Bowl, the Blue Bonnet Bowl and all the others. I know I'm dating myself, but you know what I mean? It's the four-letter network that are televising these games that are really paying the bill. So why can't they just shift some of that money into a college football playoff? It's not only necessarily expanding from four games, uh, four teams to eight teams. But you just incorporate some of those meaningless bowls, whether it's the Rose Bowl or some of the others, you know, the prominent bowls and just say, listen, you're still going to have your bowl, which you may not have right now, but now we're going to include it in a, you know, an 18 playoff. So it's no extra money. It it really isn't anything extra if they know what they're doing, which I'm assuming they do. So I, I don't understand why they would not shift it from four to eight. It's only one more game. It's four more teams. You take the scrutiny and the aggravation and the debate out of it. But as we all know, sadly, that's what college football wants. They love scrutiny. They love aggravation. They love debate. They love having teams pissed off. You know, negative news is good news to college football. That's been the number one issue over the last 30 plus years. They think bad news is good news. Anybody talking about college football, no matter what the circumstances, is great for college football. And they think if you expand it to eight teams, no one's going to be debating on who's in and who's out. So we don't want that. It's sad that they don't think their sport on its whole is good enough to be sold to the American public, that you need some negativity. You need some debate on who the eight teams or four teams are uh, versus just saying, Hey, listen, you know what? We got eight great teams. We got four opening round games should be great. That's not enough to carry college football for the college football people, which is pretty sad. It it really is. So I thought they were going to sneak it in, and I was hoping that they would see how successful it was going to be this year, and it would be, and that they would say, hey, you know what? We got something here. People love this. The ratings went through the roof with this thing. No reason to keep it four next year. Why don't we just keep it eight? I really thought that was going to be the case. But uh, college football chairman Bill Hancock telling the four-letter network that they – I wonder who they is, Uh, the uh, management committee, which, again, is made up of who? More than likely, four-letter network. They decided that doing that now would be such a significant change and come with so many challenges, especially given the timing with the season already underway that they concluded that the best outcome would be make no changes in the formats. Ah, That's a bunch of hogwash. That really is just an absolute joke. Uh, You know, if you needed another reason to not like the four-letter network, this is it. A chance to expand the playoffs to eight, uh, and they basically say thanks, but no thanks. Boy, that that really sucks. That really does. All right. You know, NFL uh, is, uh, I I told you so, I told you so, I told you so a thousand times about the coronavirus. So the NFL yesterday said that they're going to postpone the Tennessee-Pittsburgh Steelers game. The Vikings Eagles game at this point is going to go on uh, as scheduled Sunday. Pittsburgh and Tennessee postponed to either Monday or Tuesday. I I would be surprised if they went to Tuesday. I think they'll, you know, as long as they can get clearance and everything else with the tests, that they would play Monday. Tuesday is awfully close to the following Sunday. I don't think they want to do that if they don't have to. So they'll have two Monday night football games. I'm, I'm guessing one will be played earlier in the day. So screw Major League Baseball. That's where you get Major League Baseball for not having any games over the weekend. Now you got two football games on Monday, it looks like, to deal with. So uh, that looks like they're going to be the case for Pittsburgh and Tennessee. Let's hope they get the game in. Um, Again, I don't know how you have weeks where you test thousands and thousands, literally, of players and execs and workers and have basically no positive tests and now all of a sudden, you have a bunch of positive tests with the Pittsburgh, with the uh, Tennessee Titans. I, I don't know how that necessarily works, but you know what? Uh, that's what happens. So cross your fingers. Hopefully they can get this resolved. And again, you know, they're talking about competitive balance with, with Tennessee not being able to practice. And let, let me remind people, they don't hit in practices anymore. Those days are long, long, long gone. And, and according to the bylaws, they literally only have a certain amount of days once the season starts to have practices where there's contact. I'm not positive, but it's in the 17 practice days range. It, it's like once a week. It literally is. It, you know If you think they're going out there and hitting on Monday and hitting on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, it, that's not the case. So the fact that Tennessee can't necessarily practice together it's really not that much of a detriment. There's nothing stopping them from getting on a computer and going over game plans and everything else because, again, if you think they're out there banging heads Wednesday and Thursday and Friday in preparation for a game on Sunday, that is not the case at all. So I don't think it's that big a deal. I, I really don't. NFL has basically said either cover-up or pay-up. They issued another stronger warning to head coaches who won't wear their mask on the sidelines during the games, threatening suspensions and forfeiture of draft choices? Holy fudge! You know when you start talking about you know Pittsburgh and Tennessee maybe not playing this week, that's when the NFL's eyes lighten up, and that's when the NFL says no, 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 we we can't. Don't even open up this Pandora's box. NFL head coaches. I don't care, John Harbaugh. You're going to bitch and complain about not being able to talk to your players and everything else. Um, and I get that, that you're going to have to pull your face down mask every once in a while. I don't think the NFL is worried about that. They're worried about guys like Gruden the other day and uh, Sean Payton on Monday, uh, You know, a couple of weeks ago when they were playing the Raiders, not wearing any mask whatsoever. That's what the NFL is talking about. And you know what? It's kind of funny. Um, not that I ever really side with the NFL per se, but You know, what do we see on the sidelines all the time? All the time, right? We see the offensive coordinator and the head coaches with the dopey playbook in front of their face covering their face because they don't want anyone from across the aisle to be able to read lips, right? So what's the difference if you put a face mask on or if you put a playbook in front of your face? You're putting something in front of your face, so it can't be that big a deal. Well, just put it on, and then whenever you really need to flip it down, then you flip it down. I mean, it, it's all about image. I get that it's dumb. You know, there's nobody in the stands. You know, the closest football player is you know literally 50 yards in the middle of the field, so there's no one around you. I mean, I I get it, It's idiotic, but it's the image. It's the uh, optics. That 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 word again. Uh, it just doesn't look good. So you have to play the political game and wear the dopey mask. But again, you know. When head coaches and managers and alike are always putting something over their face anyway to cover their mouth so no one can lip read, I I don't understand why that this is not that big a deal. I I really don't. So go ahead and uh, you know make them wear it. I I tell you what though, you know if a head coach doesn't wear it to the point where his team forget about being fined, they got a gazillion dollars. And I told you I don't think they ever really collect those fines. If it ever got to the point where they lost a the draft choice or actually got a head coach suspended, wow, that would be something. That would really be extreme. I don't think they would ever go that far. I I really don't. But, you know, they're basically begging you, please, guys, you know what? We're asking you to fall in line here. You know, Take one for the team. I get it. It's a nuisance. You can't breathe. Pull it down every once in a while. And believe you me, I can have that mask on for literally about two minutes before I'm pulling it down. But they're not saying you can't pull it down. They're just saying just don't wear one completely. You can't do that. So it really is not that big a deal. Uh, players Association president J.C. Treder, Cleveland Brown Center, is uh, asking for a weed for the NFL players. Check that grass, not weed. Uh, he wants the players in the stadiums now to be played on natural grass because he's looked at the studies. And, and I don't doubt the studies are probably true, but uh, there are more knee injuries and more injuries. Uh, on artificial turf than there are on natural grass. You know, we we've kind of known that over the years. Um, that's why if I ever was a free agent, I would probably sign or at least give uh, you know more leniency towards signing with a team who plays uh, in a natural grass stadium versus an artificial turf. But I, you know, you just can't. How are you going to have a natural grass in these domes? And you're getting more and more and more and more domes. So it it sounds good. Don't doubt it at all. But the thought that you could actually have natural grass inside of these domes, I mean, it's just dopey, you know. Go ahead and come up with a way where that's going to get done. If it was a retractable roof, okay, but not everything is a retractable roof. So uh, you're, you're playing the Superdome. Go ahead. Explain to me there, JC, how you're going to have grass, you know, Astrodome, Superdome. What, no, it's Superdome. Uh, how are you going to have, uh, you know, natural grass in the Superdome? You yeah, no. can't. Sounds good, but in reality, can't happen. Alright, uh, two hours almost in the books. We'll close up shop with some winners. Gave me a couple yesterday. We'll try to duplicate that next right here on table that one. We gave you a nice winner yesterday on the Stankies. I'm in a good mood. I'm going to give you two. Winter. How about that? Going to go right back to baseball since that's the only thing that's on the schedule. No hockey, no NBA, no WNBA. Boy, uh, it's really dwindling. All we have is uh, baseball postseason. How about that? Sad but true. Uh, we're going to give you the uh, St. Louis Cardinals plus 140, 145 against the San Diego Fathers. I hate to do it. San Diego wins. I really do. But you give me Adam Wainwright versus Zach Davies any day of the week. Davies had a good season for San Diego. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to go with that experience. That win last night by St. Louis really kind of showed me something. So, you know what? uh, Give me the the Cardinals as really live uh, underdogs at plus 145 or so. And uh, I'm going to lay the big wood on the Dodgers later on tonight as well. Kershaw on the hill against Woodruff. That that Brewers team isn't any good. I told you, you, you have to lay big money on uh, on L.A., but I, I would be very surprised. And, and Kershaw has been terrific this year. This is not just a Kershaw year. This is a real Kershaw year. So give me the, uh, the L.A. Dodgers as well. Right, a couple of stories uh, that we didn't have time to get into too much. Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas returned to practice yesterday. No word if he's going to play or not this weekend against the Detroit Lions. They should be able to win without him, but still. Uh, Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather going at it. There might be a reunion of them fighting, but Mayweather says he wants $300 million guaranteed if he gets back into the ring. Don't know if that'll happen or not. Uh, NFL says uh, that they threw uh, less penalties, 59% fewer so far in 2019 offensive holding penalties than what they've called so far this year. So that's why scoring is up and everything is going great. Kyle Shanahan says uh, that uh, Nick Mullins, uh, no chance at all for Mr. M, that he can win a starting job over for Jimmy Garoppolo. When asked specifically, he said, no, that scenario does not exist. <laughs> Boy, you're talking about just deflating the guy's bubble. So uh, thanks for nothing there. Great job by the phone calls, emailers, and tweeters. Have a great Thursday. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here. Bagels and bad meat. It's got one